As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajahat Ali. And Wajahat, you have brought to us once again a fabulous guest that I'm going to give you the wonderful honor of introducing so that we can jump in and talk about our crumbling country. Trolls, get ready. Start salivating. We have Rick Wilson, a political strategist, author of the best-selling book, Run Against the Devil, co-founder of The Lincoln Project, and he's currently joining us from the Gilead of North Florida, where he hopes to be the Mad Max warlord of a small blue dot uh, an increasingly nutty state uh, run by our potential future authoritarian president, Ron DeSantis. I think that summarizes it pretty well, man. I'm, I'm, first <laughs> off, I'm happy to be here. Second off, we're building the concertina wire barriers and, uh, and, and tooling up for the, uh, for the great zombie apocalypse to come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, zombie water world. I think right before we were recording, uh, Daniel gave uh, you know I gave the Mad Max analogy, and then Daniel came in with World War Z and Waterworld yeah. just to give a shout out to, shout uh, out to climate, climate change, change. Hey, listen, we gotta, we, and COVID. We might as well just we might as well go for Armageddon also, right. just to bring in the oh, yeah. space meteor from. The the, the the meteor of death. Look, Rick. Just we need to send some. Uh, some. Just don't look up. We need to send fine. some. It'll be fine. Just don't look up. It's all good. We just we just send some MAGA uh, 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 voting factory workers from the Rust Belt to go to destroy this asteroid that people won't believe actually exists because we don't look up. Uh, right before we get into this, Rick, I think we have to connect something. This is the first time you and I have actually talked in some public forum since the infamous Ukraine episode. It and I, I was thinking about this earlier. It actually connects to, to the current moment. A couple years ago, for those of you who don't know, and Rick and I were, did actually a serious seven-minute segment on yeah. Don Lemon show on CNN. The reason why we were invited was because at that time, President Trump and Mike Pompeo mocked and ridiculed NPR reporter Mary Louise Kelly, who has a PhD in Eastern Europe, and falsely lied and said, oh, she didn't know where Ukraine was, right? So she rebuts that. And, and Rick and I were invited to talk about how this is a perpetual... It's not a glitch, you know, mocking women and mocking uh, facts and mocking journalists and part and parcel right. of Trumpism yeah. and MAGA. In that seven minute segment, we, you know, Rick had fun and he said like, oh, they can't even put, you know, he can't even locate Ukraine on the map. Don Lemon lost his shit, laughs for like two minutes. Rick and I have a little bit of fun. We talk about like Ukraine and the maps and lines. And, and I think Rick calls the Republican voters who vote for Trump rubes. And we all have a good laugh. It goes viral. CNN doesn't say anything. It stays up. They even publish the link. Everyone has a great time. 
Two days later, the right wing machine uses that clip to talk about the look at these effet elites mocking the Rust Belt and the average Americans. Look at them calling us rubes. They made an ad out of it. Trump retweeted it. Rick and I got death threats. It was at CPAC. It was at RNC. And then our fellow journalists, media colleagues who know better who knew the bad faith right wing mm-hmm. machine then wagged their of finger at us and did. said, now, 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 how dare you call right. them deplorable? And I want to connect that to the current yep. moment sure. where it seems like people still haven't learned and we're still going with, the, I love Michelle Obama, me and Danielle do, but I God, I hate this. When they go low, we go high mindset while they're attacking us, literally calling us pedophiles and yep. literally engaging in an ongoing coup. So your your take, I just want to set that up. No, listen, I, I, that's exactly what it is, is they have learned to game the system very, very well. They have learned to play fuck around with the media machine. And the and the, the there's nothing that the mainstream media is more responsive to than bad faith complaints from far right yeah. assholes. When they say, how dare you? You're insulting our economic anxiety. You know, it's like, no, we're just telling you what you are. We're just speaking the truth about who and what you believe. And, and, and they've become so good at gaming the system. They've become so good at manipulating reporters that it's very difficult now, I mean, to, to, for, for these news organizations to do anything without fear of having the right-wing media machine go crazy and 50 million MAGA phone calls flood their, their, their switchboards and so they have become increasingly cautious, and they're they're obsessed with the both sidesism, and and this idea of fake balance. You know, and here's the problem: I that in my heart, at least, there's not two sides to wanting to burn down the government. Nope. There are good people, and there are fucking traitors. Mm. And I don't think fucking traitors need airtime. That's my just my opinion. You can't defend a lot of the indefensible things that that. You know, a lot of the networks seem very dedicated to having, you know, the both sides said, well, we've got to bring on somebody who supports Donald Trump's position of burning live babies on a barbecue grill or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, the idea you have to, 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 to be studiously neutral in the face of evil is empowering evil. And I think that that, I mean, that right there, Rick, I mean, I love the barbecue analogy. Well done. Um, I think that what is really disheartening and disgusting at this particular point, now that we are, you know, five years removed from Donald Trump's uh, ascent uh, on the escalator into all of our lives and into, you know, the heart of our democracy, is that we got to this point because of both sidesism. We got here because Donald Trump didn't have to spend any money on campaign ads because every cable news outlet was giving him free airtime. We got here because they allowed to repeat over and over again that there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville and that he loves the people that stormed the Capitol building, threatened to hang his vice president and smeared shit right on our democracy, literally and figuratively. And so, you know, what do you see right now in terms of how it isn't just like the media's irresponsibility. It's also the Democrats' fecklessness as it pertains to the pushback and the call out. And so what do you see as the the opportunity, I should say, over the next five months, um, four and a half, really, uh, until midterm elections for Democrats to actually get their shit together and realize that I don't know why Joe Biden thinks that it's acceptable to keep making backdoor deals with Mitch McConnell, who has stolen not one, but two Supreme Court seats that Democrats just allowed to let go. 
you know, God bless Joe Biden, but he is a creature of Washington. Mm. And and he came from an era legitimately where a guy like Orrin Hatch would walk across the aisle to Ted Kennedy and say, let's do something for education. And they could take it to a Republican president, George W. Bush, and say, let's do something for education. And Biden remembers that time. He remembers decent Republicans. And the Republican Party now is defined by its indecency. Hmm. The, the few decent Republicans left are bullshit. Susan Collins, give me a fucking break. That woman is a moral coward on the best day. On the best day, okay? But on but but in the reality is she and Roy Blunt and Rob Portman and all these supposed mainstream Sass. Republicans, Ben Sass, they all vote for all the same thing. They all, almost all, not all, you Romney, a couple of small exceptions here and there, have voted 100% of the time with Trump. McConnell thinks he's running the show, but he's not running the show. What Mitch McConnell doesn't realize is if he was to win the Senate this year, and I don't think he's going to win the Senate, by the way, I think the landscape is going to allow us to barely, with a ton of work, hold on to the right. Senate. Mm. Even if he wins the Senate, he doesn't control the caucus. The crazies are in charge of the caucus. Kevin McCarthy, there's only like a 20% chance the guy makes it a speaker because if they take back the House, and it does look like they'll take back the House, if they take back the House, Kevin McCarthy is going to have a caucus that is 65 to 70% hard MAGA, big lie, QAnon, batshit crazy, Marjorie Three Toes, Matt Gates <laughs> lunatics. And so the, the Republican Party that, that that Joe Biden remembers is gone. And 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 they're and, you know, and the Democrats have had this long running conceit and they they God love them. They're like, I don't know how Republicans win. They won't even talk about policy. It's because they won't, they won't talk, talk about, about policy. policy. Yeah, they don't. Well, want to, they, they, they won't talk about policy because they want to scare the shit out of people. So they always make it into the personality over the policy. And most of the time it works. You know, it's Hillary Clinton is, uh, you know, pizza restaurant child molester, Barack Obama, Kenyan Muslim socialist, whatever, uh, Bill Clinton, rapist, sexual predator. They, they make these characters up and they tell people stories about these characters and they simplify and they bullshitify everything. And it works. And the yeah. Democrats need to learn that lesson. You can't yeah, make, make this about Matt Gates's bad policy decisions. You got to make it about the fact that he's sex that he's sex, a, a sex trafficker, right? Like a Venmo sex trafficker, Matt Gates. You know, Marjorie th- Three Toes. Uh, you know, the wife swapping co- CrossFit fucker. You've got to simplify these things because the truth of the matter is, the audience eats up the simple and they they gloss over the complex. Well, this is, I'm glad we're getting to this because for many years, for those of our listeners who don't know, your job was to do oppo research on Democrats, do hit jobs on them and create narratives and stories that provide an emotional response to galvanize the right wing base, right? Uh, the, the, what you just articulated is one of their deep uh, frustrations with Democrats is they don't tell stories. They don't create narratives that provoke an emotion. Uh, they don't go get into the muck. Uh, they create these 600-page policy <laughs> briefs that n- not even Democrats themselves read. And, and so looking at this current moment right now, Rick, when you have certain numbers on your side, like I just looked at the polls, 
Roe v. Wade, the overturning of Roe v. Wade is pissing off a lot of women. This 10-year-old girl, by the way, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, who was denied an abortion, she was raped because she had missed the cutoff date. The cutoff date was six months. No, six She six came weeks. in at six, six months and three six days. Weeks. Oh, six, six weeks. Oh, six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah, and she came at six weeks yes. and three days. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. And she had to go to Indiana. I'm sitting there thinking, until 2024, you got to literally say Republicans are the party that won a 10-year-old girl who was raped to carry her uh, rapist baby, like nonstop. And my question is, is what can Democrats do for the next four and a half months to create these narratives to provide an emotional response? There were two, two American presidents who framed the abortion debate where America's heart really was, okay? It was George H.W. Bush who said, I'm pro-life, but I believe in exceptions for rape, incest, and the health of the mother. And it was Bill Clinton who said, I want abortion to be safe, legal, and rare. Both of those guys got where America was at on abortion. Because as, as I've told people, nobody is a fan of abortion. Nobody walks out and is like, yeah, I can't wait to get my first abortion. Nobody does that. That doesn't exist in the world. It's always a terrible, horrible, painful moral choice. And, and Americans were right about where those two guys were. What the court has now said, and what the states full of ambitious Republican politicians have now said, is not only we want to outlaw abortion, no matter what, even if it kills the woman, even if it's an ectopic pregnancy that's going to 100% cause the death of the mother mm-hmm. and the child, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they want to not non-viable fetus. Right. And they want to say, as well, the small government party now wants to say, hey, Google, tell us every time a woman searches for Plan B yep. or abortion or Planned Parenthood, they want to say to Facebook, give us all the location data from your ad database of these women. Give us all the uh, – Apple and Google, give us all the information from your, your app stores on women's period tracking so we can follow them around. Uh, TSA, monitor women's fertility so they can't travel to, pro, to states where abortion is still legal. That doesn't sound like a small government party to me. It sounds like the worst fucking stalker of all time. And every woman I know, no matter where they are on the spectrum, from pro-life to pro-choice, they look at this and they look at the things that Greg Abbott has instituted in Texas, the snitch law, and they're mortified. Democrats have a huge opportunity to get an awful lot of suburban Republican women who tend to be what I call mildly pro-choice. They're not third trimester, hardcore, anytime, all the time, but they do not want government to tell them they can't if they get raped or if their daughter gets raped or if they or, or, if, or if they are going to have an ectopic pregnancy, that there's no way that anything happens for them except either death or a child. They don't want that. So there's a chance, I think, for Democrats to message this correctly. And look, I... I, I the same number of people in the last set of surveys that did on abortion, this is about five years ago, I'll grant you, the same number of people who thought third trimester abortion should be legal for any reason, no matter what, even sex selection, whatever, was about 4%. The number of people who think a 10-year-old who is raped shouldn't be forced to bear a child or that the mother should die from an ectopic pregnancy is also about 4%. The Republican Party is completely following 4% of their electorate. Mm. And this is a chance for the Democrats to get back to the rape incest life of the mother, safe, legal, and rare. Um, it's not your business. Why is this a matter of the government's decision? And look, 
I people forget this. I am a conservative and I have a philosophically pro-life position based on a lot of different reasons. But I also have a more important position. It's that it's not my fucking business. And it's not my business to make that decision for someone else. And it's not the and it's most importantly not the government's business to monitor, track, harass prosecute and, and criminalize women and criminalize and criminalize, and criminalize women right. you know i i right. I, I think that where where we are and, and and what what pisses me off the most about the climate yeah. that we're in is that we're talking about the democrats ability to fight back particularly on this issue that is largely a favorable issue but here's the thing um you, we have a president of the united states right now that refuses to even utter the word abortion right so i don't know how you stand with women on an issue that you don't even utter the word for. I don't understand at this time when we are close to two weeks of having Roe v. Wade be reversed, while there has been no urgent action on the part of this administration. And folks could say, well, it just happened. Well, no, our friend Ellie Mistel, who just wrote a piece in The Nation, said, actually, we knew oh, about really? this 65 days ago when the leaked when the leaked draft came out. And frankly, you knew about this over 600 days ago when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, that this was going and, to and, be and, the and, issue and to, 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 to frame all goddamn issues. So where was the plan? Well, and here's the other part of this that I find uh, absolutely mortifying and, and mystifying. This wasn't a fucking secret. The <laughs> Republicans told them for 45 fucking 40 years. years. Come We're on. coming. Yep. We're coming. We're going to do it. And look, and Democrats understood that the decision of Roe, whatever the outcome, that the legal framework of Roe had vulnerabilities to just the kind of attack the Republicans were going to mount against it. It had legal frailty to it, where they were going to pick it apart one little thing at a time. And they did. They told them what they were going to do. And this is something authoritarians always do. They tell yep. you what's going to happen. Yep. Now, they're telling us now, and this is where the administration needs to get up on the goddamn power curve. They're telling us now they're coming for birth control. Mm -hmm. right. They're coming for gay adoption. Yep. They're coming for gay marriage. And Ken yep. Paxton in Texas is coming, and he's like, I'm bringing the sodomy law Yep. Back. They're going for Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence v. Yep. Texas. I mean, so it's like, you know, I think that Wash always refers to them as Bond villains who tell you what they're doing out loud. Yeah. Right. And I'm then they say, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to put dip you in the lava. And we're no, but, like, I, but I always say they say in the first 10 minutes before the, the naked ladies start dancing, it, like right. they tell you in the opening scene before the but credits. It's like yeah. here, here we are. And yet you have an administration <laughs> that is acting as if they have no power when asked the other day. And I want to get your thoughts on this when asked from yeah. the both of you. When asked the other day, Dana Bash, CNN, sits down with Madam Vice President and says, here's the thing. You keep telling people to vote. And they came out for historic numbers in the midst of a pandemic, and that was before a vaccine. They, you, they are losing rights every single day from this Supreme Court. And they're saying, right. do something. And her response was, do what exactly? I lost it. I absolutely well, <laughs> fucking lost it. Let me tell you, Chuck Schumer should have brought to the floor of the Senate. And, and, and unlike the last bill they did on choice, which was a fucking like 47 page, whatever, a one page, they should, they should, he should be bringing up one page bills. Okay. And they say things like this. Since the Senate is that Roe versus Wade is the law of the land. And abortion should be legal, except in, you know, blah, 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 blah. 
and one-page bill. The, the Miranda decision was correctly decided as the sense of the Senate. Put these guys on record, because the, there are a lot of Republicans who realize that they, they're the dog that caught the car. And this is going to go a lot differently for them when when reality hits. And and it, but it does take, you know, it does take the the the, and I, I am a I am a I I have a, I don't want to break apart the way the government is supposed to work in the three part system, but at this point, executive action is called for. That's at this fair. point, on Miranda. And, and, and by the way, I see those two decisions, Miranda and Dobbs, as closely and terrifyingly linked. Yeah. Because the removal of Miranda at the federal level and returning it to the states means that Alabama or Ron DeSantis or whoever can say that their abortion police can question women. And if you don't think there's going to be something like, like, a, like a policing mechanism, Texas already fucking built one. And, and, and this whole system... Of, of peeling back rights and reverting them to the states. This is not, you know, the state's rights of Florida deciding its, its state bird is the scrub jay. This is, you know, a question where red states are going to change the cultural and political and normative social landscape of this country in a fundamental and scary way. And it is going to cost lives. It is going to be, it is going to cost, it is, we are, I like to say we're in a civil war. It's just not evenly distributed yeah. yet. I think I, I, what you said ties to a, a question I want to ask about the Supreme Court and this case that we sure. really aren't talking about, but we have to talk about called Moore v. Harper. And yes. More of that in a, a little bit in the second, but what Rick was saying, right, it, it seems like it's the legitimization of violence because taking away Miranda and also then using this type of strange Play-Doh jujitsu with the Constitution that they do, the right-wing Republicans do to get to their ideological end goal. Apparently now New York can't limit the amount of guns, but the state can force a woman to carry a baby. And then you have the rise of militias, the rise of Kyle Rittenhouse, the martyrdom of Ashley Babbitt, a Patriot Front marching in uh, Boston. Right. You got the Proud Boys who took Trump literally and seriously when he said, stand, stand back and stand, stand by. by. Yeah, because and that was, by the way, people forget that that was during the 2020 presidential debate where literally I think it was Chris Wallace asked him three times, can you condemn white supremacy? And his response was stand back and stand by. And they did. So if you connect the dots, that means you can legitimize violence. There's an army of brown shirts, MAGA brown shirts who say, hey, I'm emboldened. I'm empowered. I, the good old boys have my back. I'll get pardoned. Uh, the law enforcement's with me. The courts are with me. And now you have the Supreme Court with this case, Moore v. Harper, which says, which they granted cert to, which will literally allow the GOP come, coup to come to fruition, which means that the, the federal election will go to the state legislatures where it's dominated by Republicans and they can remove the slate of electors and replace them with their fake slate of electors. Did I get this wrong? I think that Ron DeSantis or or any other lunatic Republican governor with a Republican legislature, which is 36 or 38 states today, um, is going to say, yeah, you know, Biden won Florida by 400,000 votes, but we kind of think those people stole it. So, no. Yeah. They'll just do it. They will just assert it. This is how coups work. This is mm. how authoritarians take power. This is how, and, and you know, I go back uh, to, to nerd this a little bit to von Poppen, who was the conservative leader in Germany when Hitler was rising. And von Poppen said, 
you know, if it's not Hitler, then it'll be the communists. So I have to pick right. Hitler, even though he knew what it was. And as and once Hitler took power, he was like, "You're out. See ya." And they and they and they they acted shocked that this is what happens. This is what authoritarians do. They're promising what they'll do ahead of time. They're backing up that promise with violence. They're backing up that promise with executive power, executive action, state court action, and state legislative action. And so if Democrats don't think they're in the fight of their lives, they need to wake the fuck up. I mean, they think they're going to get another bite at the apple. Like that's that's the that's the message behind all you need to do is show up and vote more is that they are telling you that your votes literally are not going to matter. The Supreme Court is going to put your vote in the fucking trash bin. And so for Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to keep telling people that they need to vote and that we're saying, what action are you actually taking? Are you looking and seeing everything else that we are seeing? Because the messaging doesn't match the urgency that we are in. And the fact that they still, at this late hour, we just have a we just had another massacre, two of them, mass shootings on the streets mm-hmm. uh, on on the fourth of July, have a toddler walking around who's found because both of their parents were shot dead in front of them, Mm. a young girl, white girl on the TV saying, at least I had 22 years with my mother. She watched her mother be shot dead and couldn't stop to hold her because the gunman was still shooting. But Democrats are using what part of this narrative? What part of this story are they telling the American people? They keep telling me that they want to focus on kitchen table issues. Ain't nobody sitting at the kitchen table because they're all dead. The other day I was talking to a, a, a wealthy Democratic donor, mm-hmm. very well-meaning person, very respected, you know, six, six-figure donor. And this person said to me, I just think we really need to be talking about gas prices and prescription drug costs, and that'll win people over. I'm like, mm. and I, I said, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Do you, do you understand where you're, where you're at right now? Republicans do not want to, they cannot, even the persuadable Republicans are not going to be moved by a prescription drug plan. Do we need one? Of course, fine. But is it the thing that's going to move people right now? The world is on fire. And there are some progressives that are, that are making me increasingly like pissy because it's like, well, we'd rather it all go down so that we can then purge out the rest of the moderate Democrats and we can do this. I'm like, if it goes down, you're never getting a vote on climate change or healthcare or gun control or any yeah, of fascism. Thing. It's you're going to go. This is probably, if not the last, then the next to last election if we yep. don't get our shit together. Yep. And you know, my group takes a lot of shit for being like, for being like when we when they go low, we're waiting for them in the dark with a shotgun. You know, but but that's the kind of fight we're going to have to have. These people are going to do everything they can politically media, judicially, extrajudicially, and basically backing it up by the threat of violence. Because let me tell you, that is, so when the when, when Trump took over, I still knew, I had former clients and, and friends, I had about 40 people in Congress that I had a relationship with in some way in, in the House and Senate. Within the first six months, they all started shutting down and going over to Trump. And it, the story was almost always the same. If I cross him, they'll kill there me. You go. They'll come to there my house. They'll come to my kid's high school. They'll murder me. 
They're afraid of being murdered. That's mm. not a fucking political party. That's a death cult. And so, and the ones that are left, they're now nudging and winking. You got Eric Greitens out there shooting things and blowing things up in his TV ads. Another ad today. And yeah, right. And yes, part of it is to troll people, but part of it is to keep normalizing the message that your enemies deserve to be taken on with guns. That's right. Your enemies deserve to be taken out. And and look, I've lived, I was one of the first Republicans in the country, maybe the first, I don't even know, in 2015 to say no fucking way to Trump. No fucking way. I've lived with death threats for five years. I've lived with security shit for five years. My kids have lived with it for five, six, seven years, seven years now, really. And and I get it. I've had people banging on my fucking front door. I've mm. had people assault me. And, and for all of it, I keep in this thing because if we don't all stand up to it, they will break people off one at a time and they will peel people back and they'll go into their hole. They'll be scared and they'll be quiet and you can't be scared or quiet anymore. You got to be up. You got to fight hard and you got to get up every day and fight hard because they, they, they rely on terror. They rely on, on chaos. They rely on fear and they rely on people naturally not wanting to put themselves at risk. And you got to, you know, I know you got to leave, Rick. I want to ask you this question. I want to connect the dots. Look, I've called the Republican Party repeatedly a radicalized and weaponized death yep. cult, which is now a counter-majoritarian force. Yep. Um, we've used the word fascism. We've talked about them using and legitimizing violence. Uh, they see the rest of us as part of the deep state. We are pedophiles. Sure. If you're a parent, what do you do to a pedophile? You kill a pedophile, especially yep. if they're international child sex traffickers. Kyle Rittenhouse is elevated, Eddie Gallagher, the war criminal who got pardoned, right. uh, Mark the McCloskey. Yeah. yeah, the McCloskey. And so you know the Republican Party. You've come from that right-wing ecosystem. I have kept telling people, and Daniel and I both have, and we were both mocked. And all three of us ridiculed, and we end up being the right ones. Um, and it pains me to be right. I keep telling people that Marjorie Taylor Greene is the present and future of the GOP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Matt, I want to ask you Martin is Taylor what's the future of the right wing movement in America? It comes in the night. It comes with guns and it kills people that oppose it. Damn. That's what happens. They don't mm. care about politics or ideology. They care about power and they will, they will, they will, they will use the Von Poppen excuse. I had to kill them. They were going to be communists. Yep. I mean, I it's to, the same thing to, Putin is saying right now in Ukraine and sure. that is their friend. That sure. is their model. Listen, I mean, the, the, they have a future that is dark and violent and authoritarian, and that's it. And, and, and you can dress it up and you can pretend if you're the National Review gentry conservatives that Ron DeSantis is, is a cleaner, smoother, better version of Trump. But he's showing the same inclination to abuse power, to stifle liberty, to stifle individual speech. And all this shit is fundamentally unconservative. It is fundamentally radical. It's not conservative at all. Conservatives want to preserve institutions, norms, behaviors, and, and, and social structures. They want to burn this country down and reform it in a very Christian, white, radical, right-wing form and, and frame. And, and, and that's not conservative. That's radical and dangerous. I've said for many years that things in this country will get bloodier before it gets better. I'd been saying that since 2015. Yep. And yep. I was ridiculed then, and I don't think that people are laughing now. 
not when they are running for their lives at parades and concerts and churches and synagogues and mosques and grocery stores. Or, or, or if you're, or if you're, uh, if you're an African American, or, or, uh, you know, and you get kneeled on in the street by a cop who chokes your chokes your life out, and what have you got from Republicans? Back the blue, baby. Yeah, you know, cops are always right. The state is always right. That's not conservative. That's authoritarianism. That is fascism. If the jackboot fits, wear it, you know? And it, it's it's uh, Jalen, the young man who was killed yep. this weekend by police, he, he shot 60 fucking times. Yep. 90 times, hit 60 I'm, times. I'm, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make it better, right? I mean, but... but And then, and handcuffed, then handcuffed after he was after shot. They, after right. they and, shot and, him. And, 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 but, but, you, but you take this, this, this monster in Highland Park and you push him to the ground and you cuff him and you take him in and you, and you get psychiatric uh, eval. I, I'm sorry. What? I, I, but, but this idea of, of this cultish devotion to the power and the vision of this MAGA conservative crazy conspiracy world, it will not get better until, it is, until the political underpinnings of it are broken. Mm. And, and we're a long way from that right now. No, we agree with you. We got to crush it. I've always said it, the Democrats bring a blunt pencil to a knife fight and Mitch McConnell brings a AR-15 and then the Democrats stab themselves in the eye. And it's time. If if Mitch McConnell had Chuck Schumer's headcount in the Senate, he would be running buck wild over everyone and everything. And if Chuck, and, and, and look what he does with a minority in the Senate. It's astounding to me. And God bless Chuck Schumer. Time to go. Buddy. Time to go. Time, to, Time to go. Somebody else in that job who can fight. Brian Schatz, somebody else who's got a fucking scrapper, you know, punch back twice as hard nature to him. You can't keep playing the old game. And look, Schumer is of the same post-Watergate are, window yep. as Biden. And, and they, they're they still like, my honorable friend. Your friend is not honorable. Not when they're they trying to kill for, you. Right, to, for, for Trump. Their friend is not honorable if they are part of the 1-6 cover-up movement. It's not. So, guys, it was a pleasure to be with you today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Waj and Danielle. Good to talk to you guys. Thank you so much, friends. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I am Danielle Moody. And I'm Wajatali. And we will be back next week if we have a country left. Inshallah. <laughs>